0: Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello.
1: And welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am now joined by a first timer up there in, I don't even know where Spokane, Washington is. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I have n- no idea. I, I know uh, it's a place. I've seen pictures of the Gonzaga campus. It looks real. It looks cool. It looks gothic. I'm about it. It's a very cool looking campus. Like it's no University of Tennessee, like it's no Knoxville. Uh, but, but it is, it is a beautiful site. So sell me on Spokane. Is Spokane real? What's the campus like?
0: It's very much real. It's very much real. Um, obviously, you're very isolated. You're out in Eastern Washington. Not much, not much going on. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually still a decent sized city. I think it's the second biggest city in Washington. Um, so that was actually like a surprise to hear, but yeah, not much in the surrounding area. I think, uh, WSU is like an hour away. Um, so really just kind of like an isolated area. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's cold. It's really cold right now. It's like 26 degrees snowing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm a California kid. Um, so it's something that I've had to adjust to for sure.
1: Well, how'd you end up at Gonzaga then?
0: Yeah. So I chose Gonzaga. Um, I had went to a Jesuit high school. Um, so I chose Gonzaga. That was being that is a Jesuit college, um, I thought that, that would be a good transition for me. Um, I also wanted to be able to cover the basketball team. Um, and I also wanted to go to a journalism school that wasn't too big. Um, I wanted somewhere where I could really move up the ranks on the school newspaper as quick as I could, um, just because I thought it'd be a fun opportunity. Um, and now the school newspaper was something that was really important to me. So, yeah.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Well, you can check out the good folks over there at the Gonzaga Bulletin. Good-looking website you got going on. Great work. Yeah, uh, Read a couple of your pieces. That's why you're here, because I was reading a couple of your pieces <laughs> on Gonzaga, and um, I wanted to get more of your perspective on this Gonzaga basketball team, because it seems like you have a little bit more enjoyment watching your university than I do with yes. the University of Tennessee, because um, <laughs> as fun as it is to drag teams into the mud, uh, just asking for three consecutive games of – Beautiful offensive basketball is asking a lot uh, for the good folks here in Knoxville, but that's not the case where you're at. That's not the the case with Mark Few and uh, these Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs. So, my first question to you, Henry, is: What is the biggest difference between Gonzaga this year and Gonzaga last year? Because it it, it's crazy to think that college basketball has maybe the two the same two best teams as they did a year ago. you don't see that very often. Like Kim Palm, you know. it's, it's been Baylor and Gonzaga 1-2 basically all season with Arizona flirting uh, with that spot a little bit, which, again, more Gonzaga layers with Tommy Lloyd coming down from Gonzaga after years and years uh, under Mark View. But if you had to explain the biggest difference between this year's Gonzaga team and last year's, what would it be?
0: Yeah, so there's a couple of things. One, um, this is a very young and experienced team this year. Uh, it's the second. Um, it's the youngest team actually, since the 2011, 2012 season, um, there are some similarities, right? It's an up-tempo team. The two fastest teams Mark Hughes ever coached was this year and last year. So it's still a very up-tempo team, um, highly efficient, uh, high scoring, one of the highest scoring teams in college basketball. Um, but one main difference I would say offensively is last year when drew Timmy couldn't get it going inside Gonzaga didn't have much of a low post, um, or any kind of paint presence on my offense. And I think the addition of Chet Holmgren has obviously changed that. Obviously, we think of Holmgren as someone who can stretch the floor, but he's still a really good low post scorer, um, has one of the highest two-point field goal percentages in all of college basketball. And then we've also seen Anton Watson um, develop a really good low post game as well. So they have a lot going for them on offense, um, and I would say that's the biggest difference.
1: Do you think they're the best team in college basketball this year?
0: I do. AP voters they might they might disagree with me but I really do think they are. Um it's just so hard trying to find a real weakness on this team. Uh I think for a while people were saying, you know, they were a below average three-point shooting team. I think they were at about 34% which I think is slightly below the NBA average. So, um yeah, maybe they were a slightly below average three-point shooting team, but they've really picked it up in conference play. Um literally uh the other day, I think it was Thursday, we played Portland. And Portland just let Gonzaga shoot. They gave him space in the perimeter, and Gonzaga hit 18 threes um, and shot over 40% from three. And then after the game, you know, Nemhart and and Watson were joking, like, you know, I, I couldn't believe they gave us this much space. Like, we have so many shooters on this team. And so um, you've seen a 10% difference from the non conference schedule in terms of three point percentage, um, and then in the conference schedule. Um, and so that's been a huge difference. Um, so, yeah.
1: Hmm. Do you what what's the, been the biggest reason as to why they haven't been as good of a three-point shooting team this year? Is it schematic? Is it the personnel? What what's been the difference like when you're jotting down notes during the game? Is it yeah. getting close looks? What's happening there?
0: Um, I think they were just a little bit cold in the beginning. Um and I don't think like I know a lot of people were, will say, well, you know, they've recovered um their three-point shooting because the WCC is a lot weaker than their non-conference schedule and and that might be true, but some of Gonzaga's best three-point shooting nights were against, you know, Alabama, UCLA, Texas Tech. So uh, I'm not 100% sure what the difference could be, but um, they have just, I think, confidence. That confidence is a big thing. Um, Chet Chet is shooting the ball a lot better. Um, And then you really see Bolton and Strother um, shoot the ball well too. So, yeah. Who has
1: stepped up the most for Gonzaga this year?
0: Um, there's a couple of guys. there's a couple of guys. um it's hard to say stepped up when it comes to Chet just because he's a freshman. He wasn't obviously here last year. um yeah. but he's been a huge piece for them um both you know his ability to protect the rim at an elite level um drew Timmy, as many know is is probably a below average rim protector, and Chet, on the other hand, is someone who can go from one side of the paint to the other in just mere seconds. You know, he's somebody who could really recover on defense, play good help defense, um, and and really alters a lot of shots around the rim. Um, and now, you know, we've seen Chet emerge as someone who can take over games, but in the early parts of the season, Chet wasn't filling up the stat sheet against Texas very much and, and against teams like that, but he was still altering shots and making a huge difference. So I think as far as players who have stepped up Chet, I would say is the number one
1: hm what uh, who has been the biggest letdown? Who have you just been disappointed by uh, their <sighs> player play Um,
0: I think early in the season uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Salas um, struggled you know he was someone who was a top prospect, but you know during the first 11 games of the season, he didn't make one three and that's that's a huge problem for someone who Next year, my, if, you know, assuming he comes back next year, he's going to have a big role and he's going to have to be someone who can handle the ball, someone who can shoot threes. And so at the beginning of the year, he was only getting about, you know, 10, 13 minutes around there a game. And now during the conference schedule, we've seen a huge minutes increase and he's starting to shoot threes. I think he's shooting about 43% in the last like eight games from beyond the arc. And so he's really, um, stepped it up but at the beginning of the season. He was, he was definitely, um, a letdown for
1: sure hmm. um what's changed with the on-court scheme like obviously incorporating somebody like chet holmgren is such an interesting unicorn type guy but what have you noticed has been the biggest on score uh, on court schematic change on offense and defense from this year versus last year
0: that's tough that's tough um, um biggest change Are they They doing any
1: kind of different sets on offense? Like, what kind of stuff are they running for Holmgren that kind of stands out to you?
0: I mean, they're still running a lot of pick and roll. They're a very pick Mm -hmm. and roll heavy team. I will say one change this year. Yeah. I mean, just having Holmgren uh, at the beginning of the year, he was really hovering around the three point line um, and sort of just getting his buckets through hustle and offer rebounds and scoring. Um, So that was sort of something that they had to adjust to, you know, fitting him in the offense. Um, but I think he's really found his role and found his confidence. Um, and then I think Anton Watson developing a really good post game, being someone who can also work in the pick and roll has really made a difference for them. Um, and so, yeah, not too much of a difference. I don't think schematically from last season in terms of what they're doing in offense. Um, this year, obviously they have two bigs and in, in Timmy and Holmgren. I think last year was mostly just Timmy and sometimes they would start Watson, um, but other times they'd also opt to go smaller.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think there's going to be a, are they capable of like, it comes down to it where they just can't play too bigs against the right team? Cause this leads into my next question of like, what's the best way to attack and beat Gonzaga? Where are they weak? Is that the area where they're playing too bigs and like it forces, like you play them
0: in a way that forces Timmy off the court. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think, from an MBA standpoint, you would say, you know, a team is playing too big. So why don't we go small and beat them? But you can't really do that with Gonzaga given how fast Chet is and how mobile he is. Um, at times he almost looks more like a wing, you know, mm-hmm. with the way he can handle the ball or the way that he can, you know, defend guards at times when he switched onto them, you know, on a pick and roll play on the perimeter. Right. Um, so I actually think the best way to beat Gonzaga is just through pure physicality. Um, there are some other teams that have Really big, big men who are a lot more physical than Shed is, maybe a lot more physical than Timmy is, right? And that can, you know, really pose some problems for Gonzaga's defense. Um, and they haven't really had to face that in the WCC. The WCC, outside of Gonzaga, um, or except for Gonzaga, doesn't have a lot of huge big men. There are a lot of undersized bigs in the WCC. Um, and, there, and a lot of teams don't have great front court depth. Um, and so Gonzaga has been able to dominate. But I do think if a team can match up in terms of size, but also really be more physical than Gonzaga, that's how you beat Gonzaga.
1: Hmm. Um, what has been the most interesting thing about Chet Holmgren? What have you noticed that has stood out the most to you about the way he's playing? And just Maybe it's off the court, something that you've learned about him, just talking with him. What about Chet Holmgren? For folks who are diving into the draft and they're watching this months from now, and they're like, hey, tell me more about this Chet Holmgren guy, assuming he's a one and dunner. What mm-hmm. uh, you got else this in about him?
0: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing with him is there's so much he does that's not shown on the stat sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember it was the Texas game earlier this year. It was the first big college home game or first big college game for Chet Holmgren. And he had two points and shot the ball three times. Right. And you Mm -hmm. had people saying, well, he's not assertive enough. You know, you had people saying, well, you know, he only had, he only shot the ball three times, you know, Timmy had 37 points that night. He totally dug him out. But what you don't see is the fact that you don't see in the basic stats that Texas only took when, when Shet was on the floor, Texas only took 15% of their shots in the paint, right? When he was off the floor, it was over 50. So he alters a lot of shots and changes the way teams attack Gonzaga. And that's been a huge thing. So you can't just look at the points, the rebounds, the assists, the blocks, you know, you really have to dive into those deep stats. Um, Yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, Who's the funniest guy on the team? Who do you, who, who's the funniest?
0: It has to be Drew Timmy. I mean, he's such a character. Uh, it's, I don't know, like, it's such a joke because, you know, the, the 49ers beat the Cowboys in the playoffs and, Mm. and the next day at the, after the game, post game press conference, Drew Timmy was wearing Niners gear and it was just really funny. And it's the joy and he was making jokes about it. He had lost a bet with a trainer on the team. Um, and so, yeah, and he also has all these commercials with North, uh, quest casino, all these, is that an Casinos, NIL all stuff? these places in the area. So, you know, you see him on TV. He's a really funny guy.
1: So he's cashing out in the NIL stuff. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Fast. I mean,
0: he's, it seems like, see, I don't, I haven't done a ton of research into it, but it seems like he's cashing out a lot more than any Gonzaga player is. I mean, maybe it's because he is just really synonymous with the area. You know, people love mm-hmm. him here or just the fact that he has a huge personality and, and yeah, people just love him.
1: Interesting. Um, what do you know about the John Stockton stuff? What, what have you kept, like, what have you been able to dig into that? Is that late? And what is the mood on camp? Like what? Yeah. Was, like has few talked about it?
0: Um, I did not see few's comments on the situation. Uh, what I will say is a lot of students on campus were disappointed um, and not, not, disappointed in the school, disappointed in John Stockton. Um, and I think it wasn't just the story about the mass thing. It was um the QA that he did and saying that I think there was more than a hundred athletes who died. Um current athletes who had died from the vaccine. That was yes. sort of tough to see for a lot of students. Cause a lot of students did read into that um more than people think. It wasn't just the story, you know, that students didn't really look at, you know, it was basketball is a huge thing obviously here right and so when there's any basketball story especially a gu legend people are all over it and so there were pre- people were pretty mixed both ways but i think there were a lot of students who were disappointed in john stockton
1: do you see him at, a, at games a lot like does he interact with fans is he or does he just kind of hide out and do his thing like how did yeah. what is before all this what is the atmosphere with john stockton there usually like
0: yeah so um i actually had never seen john stockton at a game I I'm a freshman. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe nobody, I just didn't know where he sat. Um, mm-hmm. I had seen after the article came out, I had seen pictures of mad games, you know? Um, and I think, I, I mean, I, I assume they're happy to have him there. I mean, he had season tickets from the school, yeah. um, but I don't, I don't think his presence there is like some huge thing. Like, you know, people go crazy when John Stockton there or anything like that, but you know, he is a legend at the school
1: interesting um how do you see the rest of the season rolling out do you see another loss in the calendar for Gonzaga when you look at the rest of the schedule what are you feeling I mean obviously last year mm-hmm. it's just like, you're not really accustomed to losing all that often.
0: <laughs> we're not we're not and it's it's funny because some of the upperclassmen had to tell us to relax at the start of the year when we lost at Duke and then Alabama and then they were like dude like you know you don't go undefeated every you know you don't almost go undefeated every year you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like you got to be realistic with it but Looking ahead at the schedule, no, I just don't see another loss um, for Gonzaga. I think St. Mary's will be a tough opponent. Um, they actually do; they're one of the few teams that has size in the WCC, um, and they're they're also a team that you know if they do make it in March, um, they could they could do a little something given that um, they're a really good defensive team, and they're also they also um, they also have a slow tempo, and mm. you know being really good at defense and playing with a slow tempo are two traits that play really well in March. So that's another team to watch out for in the WCC. Um, And they travel here, I think, on February 12th. So that should be a pretty good game. Do you think
1: this is the year that you get a title? If you had to guess right now, it's late February 3rd. What do you think? Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I I have to say so. Yeah, I do. Because I just think that you take, obviously, you lost a lot of key pieces. But you also, you kept guys like Timmy, you kept, you know, Nemhart, and you brought in the highest-profile recruiting class in history, um, and this team is so deep. They have five great starters, but then also three, you know, really productive players off the bench, whether that be Watson or or Salas or or Hickman. And I, this is just such a deep team, and and they're so skilled offensively and defensively that I just I I, I just can't see them winning, not winning at all. And I also just don't think there's another Baylor out there that's standing in their way.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, Tennessee's coming. I don't think you have to worry about that. But, <laughs> however, it would be fun to see our, like us go big with Plavs. Like to see Plavstich versus Timmy inside. That'd be fun. Mm. Olkerson, mm. Timmy, like the personalities there. Like we don't have Ponzi anymore, but no, that could be fun. I'd be here for a Gonzaga yeah. uh, Tennessee Sweet Sixteen round of
0: thirty-two
1: <laughs> matchup. I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, what can we check out from you, Henry, at the Gonzaga Bulletin this week?
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, all my articles are online. Uh, we have a print that goes once once a week. Um, but you guys can see me. Uh, I have an article coming out about uh, Gonzaga's recruiting uh, sometime next week. I'm um, talking mm-hmm. about how they're looking in the class of 2022 and the class of 2023. Um, so people can check me out there. Um, tonight I'm covering the women's basketball game. So I, I, I'm not necessarily a basketball beat writer. I cover a lot of different sports, um, but I do mm-hmm. love covering basketball. Of course, that's sort of the 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 best coverage you can get when you're you know a student reporter at gonzaga everyone wants to cover basketball so um yeah
1: are you good at anything else is there another sport that gonzaga is known for or is it literally just basketball
0: um last year in baseball i think we got to like i forget what it's called i don't know if it's like regionals or or something Um, we didn't make it to like the college world series or anything like that Mm -hmm. um but we did have a pretty good baseball season they have a pretty good uh women's soccer team, pretty good women's golf team. So, you know, there's some obscure sports that we're pretty good at. Um, but yeah, basketball obviously is the main selling point and probably, you know, 90% of the reason why a lot of students come here. So
1: what is the most fun, unusual fact about Gonzaga that you learned
0: after you got there? Oh, fun. Unusual. Um, I would say that like Jeffrey Dahmer stayed a night Jeffrey Dahmer wanted to possibly come to law school here. I think.
1: Wow. I think Jeffrey
0: Dahmer, and it might—it was either him or another like serial killer. Um, but he stayed a night in like his friend's dorm here, um, and I think it was the Catherine Monica dorm. And I—I I, I believe that they know like which room room number it is. So somebody has like the Jeffrey Dahmer dorm. Uh, so that's—I always thought that was really funny.
1: Are they telling parents? What's the deal there? Are they hiding it? Yeah, or are they? I,
0: I didn't know. I came here not knowing about that, but apparently it's a thing. Somebody told me about it.
1: You got to watch Let's your see. back. I don't know if you want I... this out in the open. I don't know if you want the Gonzaga administration because there's one thing I know. It's the Gonzaga administration loves the Chase Thomas podcast here at the Blue Wire Pod Network. <laughs> but uh, that's wild. I was not expecting that. Is there a cool location? Like, is there a cool thing to do? Is there like some sort of like common student thing that you partake um... in? at Gonzaga
0: um nothing like too extraordinary I mean we have mm. tenting for some of the big basketball games that's always fun for like St. Mary's BYU they had one for Texas they were gonna mm. have one for Washington just because that's like an interstate rivalry but um that game got I believe canceled um so it was a bummer um but yeah huh okay a lot, of, a lot of cool basketball traditions but not nothing too crazy nothing too crazy well,
1: you're like on an island. When you look at the map, it looks like you're just surrounded by, by water. I don't really understand how the the geography works for this school. And honestly, yeah. I'm still not convinced that you're at a school called Gonzaga in, in <laughs> Washington. Because this is just like a dorm room look. I don't know. I don't know what's going yeah. on outside of there. You but... know I could
0: have just dressed this room up, you know? You, you really could This could just be a
1: fake room. You could be in or Pullman. This could be a
0: green screen, actually. Maybe, maybe that's what green- I did
1: that's it might be like I'm not entirely convinced that you're not just in Pullman and you're <laughs> a coop. like that could be what this is this is right here Um Henry this has been a pleasure thank you so much for making the time thank
0: you for having me on
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, go keep up with his great work and all the other good folks over there at the Gonzaga Bulletin. Keep up with the Zags as uh, they look to get back to the final four in a national title game and maybe win it this time. So Henry, you stay Definitely. safe there. Enjoy the rest of the season and uh, I will talk to you soon.
0: Nicely done, nephew.